listening to Victory Alabang Podcast. We hope this message encourages and inspires you today. Alright, good morning church. Can we just give the Lord another hand this morning? Just want to welcome everybody who's joining us on site. And for those, you, uh, for those of you who are joining us online, we also want to welcome you to our worship service. And we do hope that you are feeling the presence of God wherever you are. Because I believe that, you know, the Spirit of God is not bound by space nor time. And so even if you're in your home, I believe that God is touching you right there. All right, we are on our second installment of our series, Stable and Sure. But uh, before we get to the word, I just want to once again encourage everybody to continue to pray for Ukraine. As Pastor Bodhi has mentioned earlier, we have seven churches, Ukrainian-led churches in the city of Ukraine. Uh, One of my dear friends, Pastor Mike Watkins, used to be a pastor there in Kiev and uh, before he was called out uh, to plant another church. But we have, uh, you know, in Lviv, uh, we have uh, seven churches that are being led by Ukrainians. And, uh, you know, our church in Poland, in Poland, uh, basically is now also busy in uh, making sure that, you know, possible uh, refugees who will be crossing the Ukrainian borders will be accommodated in their church. So please do pray for our churches right there in Ukraine. Uh, before we also uh, start, I see in the back two of my dear friends, two pastors. I'd like to just acknowledge they didn't know this. Okay, Pastor Jansen Morados. Can we just welcome Pastor Jansen Morados? He is actually our VMM, Victory Metro Manila Director, and also the Senior Pastor of Victory Santa Rosa, and also a good friend, Pastor Raymond de Guzman, who is also now leading uh, Victory Lipa. He was part of our Victory Makati, and he was also the Senior Pastor of Victory Katipunan. Welcome. Gentlemen, are you here to preach? Oh, no, just to hear, okay? But anyway, so uh, please do just uh, greet them right after. How many of you are excited in church this morning? Come on out. Woo! And I heard that by Tuesday, March 1, that we are going to shift to alert level 1. How many of you know that great things are happening? But of course, you still want to be careful, have the wisdom, uh, and not just to go out just, uh, you know, flippantly. But we do hope uh, that uh, things will definitely be better. And I believe also that our churches and our different services will start to open. As Pastor Bodhi has announced earlier, we are opening by next week our 3 p.m. Service. So exciting days are up ahead. Yesterday I was here with a, you know, a lot of young people here uh, for the first time after two years. They once again had their on-site service. Can we just give the Lord a praise for that? A lot of young people here. My two daughters were here yesterday and I was asking how's the service. Uh, and they were saying it was a blast. They had so much fun after two years of just uh, going through online services for the first time, they are back here worshiping with one another on site. And they were just greeting each other. Wow, tumangkad ka. Wow, lumiit ka or whatever, okay? Gumanda ka or something like that. And so it was amazing. It was amazing. And I believe that the church is really designed for us to gather together. And how many of you are glad that you are beside a person beside you? Though they are still wearing masks, you can see their eyes just wink, wink, Okay. They have beautiful eyes and just greet good morning. We are on our second uh, installment, as I said, of Stable and Sure. And when you talk about being stable and sure, we're talking about Jesus being the cornerstone. 
You know, when a house is being built on a strong foundation, how many of you know that that house will remain to be stable and sure? How many of you know that there's a big difference between houses here in the Philippines and houses in the U.S.? You know, many of the houses in the U.S. are like prefab houses. They just put it on together. But in the Philippines, we would want to have like houses that are buhos. You know what buhos means? Cementado. You know, it's, it's all like rocks, solid rocks, cement, uh, hollow blocks. And so the same is true with our lives. You know, we need to build our lives on a solid foundation. How many of you know that there's only one name that we need to build our lives on? And that is Jesus. Amen. Everybody say Jesus. He is the chief cornerstone that we need to anchor our lives on. Not any personality, not any um, you know, mindset or situation, but only Jesus himself. In fact, when you talk about the cornerstone, the cornerstone is what you, you know, what you, the stone that you place uh, first in a structure of a house and all the other stones are actually aligned from that stone. We have been in this pandemic for the past two years. Many of us have gone through difficult times, and you know, all of us actually, you know, a bit of adjustment, major adjustments in the area of uh, work, uh, you know, in the area of uh, business, even, you know, uh, you know, managing the house for the students, you know, you've endured online classes. Uh, people have been scrambling for answers, you know, with the economic downturn, a period of recession. People are looking for things that are stable. You know, when, when we see that there's instability happening in the world, who are we holding on to? I mean, what name are you holding on to? Is it Citibank? Is it BPI? Is it BDO? Is it GCash or Paymaya? You know, people have tried on to hold on to things thinking that that is somehow stable. But how many of you know that even the most seemingly stable institution in the world will also, you know, experience crumbling? And in times of uncertainty, we want to be sure. When we get sick, who do you go to? Do you just go to your doctor? Do you... You know, you look at medicine as the hope or as the cure-all? Do you look at science? Do you look at, fine, uh, you know, medical institution? Or can we actually trust in one name, and that name is Jesus? I mean, whose name do we trust? You know, we're, we're nearing, uh, in, a, in a few months, we're about to cast our votes. And this is a hot topic, right? Don't worry, I'm not going to deep dive into this. But whose name are we banking on? Is it just a certain politician or a certain name or a certain candidate or personality? Whether it be a local or a national candidate? You know, sometimes we fight over several names because we think that that particular person can save our nation. But I'm, I want to just submit to you today that we are not to bank on in any personality. Amen. There's only one name that we can actually cry on to. And that is the name of Jesus. He is the Lord, and we are praying that He will rule and reign over the nation of the Philippines. Amen. And I believe, yes, it is so important for us to cast your vote wisely. In fact, even Jethro was telling Moses in Exodus chapter 18 that when you are to choose men, choose able men, choose reliable men. Choose men that, are, uh, you, that hate corruption. Choose men that can lead uh, thousands and fifties and hundreds and ten. And, and you know, uh, there are several qualifications of men. 
that we need to choose for leadership. But at the end of it all, Jesus is the one who rules and reigns over the nation. Amen. And we as a church are not to fight and not to bank on certain personality. We are to respect one another for whoever that person will choose. Are we clear today? Look at the person beside you and tell that person, I respect you. Okay, basta bottom mo siya. Oh, then, that's kidding. Okay. <laughs> Whose name do we trust? And this is the focus of our preaching today. I'd like to invite everybody to uh, open your Bibles to Acts chapter 4. Uh, and we'll be reading a very good story and account of Peter and John. I'd like to invite everybody to stand with me, all of you who are here on site. Let's all stand for the reading of God's Word. Acts chapter 4, verse 7 to 13. And uh, I'm reading from the ESV version. Acts chapter 4, verse 7 to verse 13. And when they had set them in the midst, they inquired. And this is the Sanhedrin asking Peter and John about the account of what happened the day before. And they were asking this question, by what power or by what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed? Let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. Verse 11, this Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the what? The cornerstone. In verse 12, there is no salvation. Can we read the verse 12 together? One, two, three. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Verse 13, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished. They recognized that they had been with Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Let's bow our and pray. Father, thank you so much for our time this morning. I pray that you bless the preaching of your word. Holy Spirit, anoint everything that will come out of my lips. And I pray that you would open our hearts for those of us who are listening, both here on site and those who are listening in their homes. I pray that the hearts will be good soil. And may those soil uh, bear fruit 30, 60, and 100 for turn. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say, Amen. Amen. You may all be seated. So we see that the setting that we have just read is actually in front of the Sanhedrin. Now, to give you a backstory of this, in Acts chapter 3, it was an ordinary day when Peter and John were walking. You know, they wanted to go to the temple to worship the Lord. And they passed through a certain gate named Beautiful Gate. How many of you want to, you know, think that that is a nice name for a gate? Beautiful Gate. And there is a certain uh, man that is a usual fixture in that gate. A crippled beggar who has been born 
uh, crippled from birth, maybe about 40 years old already. And he was asking for alms or money. Now, I think in the Philippines, we're so uh, familiar with this scenario. You know, they don't have to just wait in the, in the temple. They actually walk around the streets and knock at their car windows, right? And so, there's a crippled beggar. They're asked, he's asking for money from Peter and John as they were walking in the temple. And both of them said, silver and gold, I have none. But I have Gcash. No, I'm no, just kidding. Uh, but what I do have... I give to you. And what did they say? In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. And the man took that as a command. He stood up and began leaping and began, began, uh, began to praise God. And so the people who saw that scenario, that situation, they were so familiar with the man who scribbled from birth. They were amazed. And so Peter and John took this as an opportunity to preach the word. And they started preaching. And about 5,000 people getting saved at one sermon. What an amazing situation. And then when the rulers and the uh, city officials heard what happened, they arrested Peter and John and they stayed overnight. And this is where we now pick up the story. This is an inquiry before the Sanhedrin. And what they were saying before the Sanhedrin and before the people is no other name. Everybody say, no other name. No other name. I love the resonance of the young people here. No other name. Can you say that again? No other name. No other name except Jesus, right? Miracle happened. It attracted the crowd. But it's not the miracle that saves. It's the name behind the miracle. That is the one that propelled the miracle and started saving humanity. You know, Peter and John were facing the Sanhedrin, a Senate like, you know, a 70 member uh, council composed of uh, Sadducees and the uh, high priest. Uh, Caiaphas was there, Annas the high priest was there, and several scribes and elders were sitting in this particular body. It's almost like a blue ribbon committee. We're familiar with this, right? And they were being asked. And they were being charged a certain crime about healing a crippled man, about preaching a name that they're familiar with. And they were asking this question, by what power or by what name did you do this? And I'm pretty sure that there's a good cue for Peter and John. I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> for the Jews, names have authority. They have meaning and they have purpose. Names were given to children to determine their destiny. The name was given to Jacob. And how many of you know that Jacob's name means what? Deceiver. And he lived up to his name. Abraham's name is called the father of many nations. And so on and so forth. That's why I believe that as parents, we need to be careful how to name our children, right? How many of you know that maybe nowadays, no one will name their child Putin or, or Vladimir. I'm not sure, okay? But names. By what power or by what name did you do this? If Peter and John said this, 
Jesus is our way for salvation, I think there's not going to be any problem at all. If they just said, Jesus is our way of salvation. I mean, it's a nice way of saying that his, our option, I know about you. You see, the Roman Empire is a pluralistic empire. And the way they have conquered lands, if they actually allowed some of the countries that they have, or the nations that they have conquered, and allowed them to express their own religion and their own ideology, as long as they remain loyal and they pledge their allegiance to Caesar and to Rome. And so what they're saying is, Bahala kayo. Kung gusto nyo, kung trip nyo, bahala kayo. Just see, Caesar is Lord, and just pay the taxes due to Caesar. But Peter and John did not just say Jesus is our way for salvation. What they said is, Jesus is the only way. And that's where the problem comes in. Jesus is the only way. Can we say that? Jesus is the only way by which man can be saved. And I have three quick points today. Through Jesus, with Jesus, for Jesus. And as I was preparing this morning, I added this statement. Through Jesus only. There's no other way. And the statement can be called very exclusive claim, right? Oh, Pastor, lakas ang dating nun. I mean, how can we be sensitive to other religions saying that what they're believing is not true and only Christianity is the only way to get to heaven? Have you ever asked that question? I mean, how many, how many of you have actually thought about that? Don't raise your hand anymore, okay? I'm, I'm sure that you're going to be embarrassed. Just raise your eyebrow. I see an eyebrow over there, an eyebrow there, another eyebrow there. And so, we've asked this, wow, masyadong exclusive yata to. But church, and even for those of you who listen at home, and for those of you who are going to be watching this eventually, I am not saying this. It is found in Scripture. And I'd like to read from NIV version. It says, salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name. Here we see that phrase again. Everybody say, no other name. Under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. And who's that name again? Jesus. Oh, what a sweet name. How many of you that every time you utter the name Jesus, a beautiful name that brings glory to the Father. Amen. Come on now. Jesus is the most awesome, the most beautiful, the most marvelous name that our lips can actually have even utter. We utter that name, and when we speak that name, there's power in the name of Jesus. Demons flee because of that name. Sickness are healed because of that name. Breakthroughs come because of the name of Jesus. People are saved because of Jesus. What a wonderful name. And this is quite offensive to our culture today. When we say, you can only be saved through Christ. How many of you know that that is offensive? That's offensive because this sounds very exclusive and arrogant. And other people will say that, you know, there are many ways to go to heaven. 
pretty sure that Christianity is not the only way. I'm pretty sure that Jesus is not the only way. Let me just say this. And I dare say this. Salvation comes only from the Lord. And what's in a name? If you look at the name of Jesus, it comes from the Hebrew name Yeshua, which means what? The Lord saves. Yes, Jesus was born 2,000 years ago, more or less. More. But how many of you know, knew that Jesus existed even before time began? Salvation comes from the Lord. The name Yeshua means the Lord saves. No other name can save humanity except the name of Jesus. In fact, Jesus dare say this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He made that bold statement. He didn't say, I am an option, I am a way. You know, for, the, for some of you, it may be Buddha. For some of you, it might be Muhammad. For some of you, it might be Krishna. For some of you, it might be this. But what he's saying is, no, I am the way. I am the truth. And I'm, I am the life. And he continued on by saying, and no one comes to the Father except through me. He further said, I am the door and I am the gate. No one comes to the Father except through me. I mean, how can Jesus claim this truth? Let me just say this statement this morning. What makes Christianity different from all the other religion is this. That our faith is built around the Son of God and not on any mere mortal men. It's built on Christ. Jesus is not just the founder of Christianity. He laid the foundation of the world. He was day at days. He was there at day zero. When God was creating the heavens and the earth, Jesus was laying down the foundation. Remember the statement of Jesus when he said, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. I mean, how can he say that? He, because he is the Son of God. He was there in the garden even before the serpent came into the garden. That is the founder of our Christianity. Amen. Come on now. Jesus is the only way. There's no other way. It's the oldest of all religion. No other name under heaven can be given to men by which we can be saved. I cannot be saved by my parents' faith. I cannot be saved by going to kids' church. I cannot be saved because I'm a member of Victory or any other Christian denomination. I cannot be saved because I'm close to the pastor. I cannot even be saved because I grew up as a Christian in a Christian home because my parents are Christian. We need to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. And this is the only way that we can be saved. It's not by coming to church. It's not by reading your Bible today. It's not by praying an hour every single day. We need to have a personal encounter with the Lord. That is the only way that we can be saved. I mean, I've done this for the first 18 years of my life. Tried to be good. Tried to, you know, do things for God, seemingly. But only until I encountered God when I was 18 years old and I gave my life to Him and surrendered. And I declared, Jesus is my Lord and lived a life following Him as His disciple. Then I understood what salvation and the gospel is all about. Let me say this statement, and you can actually quote this. Christianity is the humblest 
and the most welcoming religion in the whole world. You just said, Pastor, that, you know, Jesus is the only way. And then now you're saying it is the most welcoming. And I don't want to sound arrogant or don't misinterpret this statement. And some people may have objections to Christianity with the claim that Christianity is exclusive. And it's, it's only for a select few individuals because only those who believe in the Lord Jesus can be saved. I mean, that's, that's arrogance. But let me just submit to you this morning that the opposite is true. All other religions give you a pathway a certain way to go to God. And all the world's religion is about man searching for God. But only Christianity is the religion wherein God searches for man. And we serve a God who is the creator of everything, the one who is Lord, yet He humbled Himself, went out of heaven, and went into earth in order to seek and save the lost and to serve humankind. That is the God we serve. You know, in fact, from the day that man fell, we see that God has already started his search for man. The very first question that God asked Adam was, Adam, where are you? Searching, seeking, reaching out providing a way of redemption, providing a way of salvation so that he can actually be with his creation and have fellowship with him once again. Until today, God is seeking for people to come into a saving knowledge of him. You know, many times we hear this testimony, and I actually said this before, you know, I thought I was seeking the Lord, you know, as I, was, I grew up and I was seeking the Lord and I was wanting to be good. And I was, the reality is, in Romans chapter 3, it says, no one seeks God. We're all doing our own thing. It was God who's seeking after us. And how many of you are glad that God did not stop in his search for us until he finds us, the lost sheep, the lost coin, the lost son? Amen. Come on now. God is a merciful God. What religion is like that? All types of religion are actually telling that, you know, there are certain ways to appease this God. There are certain ways for you to do in order for you to have favor with God. But Christianity is the only religion wherein Jesus is the one who did the work on our behalf. And all you got to do is to put your faith and complete trust in the Lord and you are saved. How many of you know that that is the most welcoming and most humble religion that the world can ever find? Come on now. That's Christianity, guys. You mean, Pastor, I don't have to work for it? You don't have to work for it. That's the good news. You don't have to have a hard time trying to earn salvation. Jesus did it for us on the cross. We are saved not by our good works, but only by faith in the finished work of Christ on the cross. Not by doing a lot of good works, 
I mean, you can actually volunteer in, you know, Love the City Disaster Relief Program. You can actually help a real-life scholar. You can actually uh, attend all different kinds of victory groups and all the meetings that are being offered by the church. Guess what? That will not save us. We are saved simply by faith. Everybody say, by faith. By faith alone, in Christ alone. That's it. How many of you know that is good news? That is so good news. You mean, Pastor, I don't have to be good in order for me to attend church? No. But let me promise you this. When you start attending church, and when you have a relationship with God and with Jesus, then you become good because of the transforming power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Come on now. There's always hope. There's always hope. Don't ever give up on your loved ones. Don't ever give up on yourself. This is the beauty of the gospel. It's not our work. It's the work of Christ on the cross. You know, Billy Graham is known to be the greatest evangelist of our time. He's known to be one of the most influential Christian leaders in the 21st century. In fact, he passed away at the age of 99 in 2018. And in the ministry of Billy Graham, he has ministered to several U.S. presidents. From, the, from President Harry Truman, the 33rd president of the U.S., to Barack Obama, the 44th president of the U.S. I mean, what a legacy, right? It was said that he probably has been watched by or 3.2 billion people in the world probably heard of his message. Or sorry, 2.2. About 3.2 million people got saved through his crusade or through his ministry. In fact, we were blessed to see the Bill Graham Foundation in Wheaton College in Illinois. And he established that uh, college, I mean, that, that particular foundation. But when he passed away, and when he went to heaven, and when he faced God, and when God asked him, Billy, why will I let you in? Do you think he will talk about his works? You know, so many people got saved through my ministry. You know, I left, you know, a nice legacy there. You know, I left millions of dollars to help the, you know, the, the people to get saved. No. His statement will be this, or was. I put my faith in the finished work of Christ, on the cross. And that's it. That's it. It's not by our good works. It's not by our eloquence. It's because of the loving kindness of God and the finished work of Christ that you and I are saved. Amen. Come on now, give the Lord praise for that. No need to strive. No need to struggle. All you got to do is just accept it. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 says, If you confess with your mouth, how many of you have a mouth? Sinabi lang dito, okay? If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe, that's why we're called believers, believe in your heart that God raised him. Who is him? Jesus from the dead. What's the promise? You will be saved. That's it, Pastor. That's what the scripture says. Inspired by the Holy Spirit. Religion that we have, Christianity, is the most welcoming religion in the world. Anyone can be saved. 
anyone. There's no prerequisite. Just confess Jesus, Lord. Believe in your heart. He's raised from the dead. Verse 13. For everyone. Everyone say everyone. Everyone. It didn't say for some. It didn't say for those who are chosen. It says for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You do not have to clean up first in order to come to God. God cleans you up when you come to Him. Sometimes we feel that we are far away from God. But let me just tell you this. God is not never, ever far away from us. He's always near. He's here. He's there with you. He's there in your situation. He's there in your loneliest place. He's there in your mental battle. He's there in your sickness. He's there in your you know, financial difficulty. He's there in your marriage problem. He is there with us. Those who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. What do you need today? Salvation, healing, financial breakthrough, restoration of marriage, salvation for the kids, a good future, healing from mental illness. Name it. Jesus got it. He has it. He has the solution. Come on now. He is the one who can save. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Through Jesus only, with Jesus. And what's amazing is, in verse 13, then when the Sanhedrin saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were what? Uneducated. Common men. They were not from the noble class. They were ordinary. They were fishermen. They were astonished. The Sanhedrin were so surprised. And this is what they saw. They recognized that they had been with Jesus. You know, boldness and confidence, confidence does not come from your background or from having an eloquent word or from your, you know, uh, you know educational attainment. It comes from being with the Lord. Knowing Jesus intimately will give you the boldness to do what He has called you to do. In fact, the Sanhedrin was astonished, not because Peter and John knew all the answers, but because they knew the one who is the answer. Who do you know? Many times, when we have like transactions in the government or we have, we have to do something, we're asking for connections. Who do you know? Who do you know? Sino bang kilala mo naman ako? Something like that. But guess what? When you talk about eternity, when you talk about the real essence of living, the question for us today is, who do you know? And guess what? If you know Jesus and He knows you, you're safe. Let's walk with Him. Don't just accept Him one day and then forget about Him. Don't just pray that prayer. I prayed that prayer in 1986. And I have been walking with Jesus ever since. Walk with Him. Have a relationship with Him. You know, people will notice a difference in your life. You know, a little backstory of Peter. We know that Peter, before he became this bold in Acts chapter 2, in Acts chapter 4, he denied Jesus three times. Remember that? The same Peter, Lord, I will not deny you. 
in your name, I will not deny you. And then the rooster crows three times. And he fled. He hid. John chapter 21, Jesus reinstates Peter. Peter, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, you know I do. Feed my lambs. Then he asks again, Peter, do you love me? Take care of my sheep. Do you love me? Third time, feed my sheep. Three times Peter denied. Three times Jesus showed his love for Peter. How many of you know that no matter how many times we fail, God will never give up on us? Amen. And I stand here before you guys recipient of the grace and the mercy of God. And that will propel us to talk about Him. This private conviction that we have precedes the public proclamation of Him being Lord and our lives being saved. You know, when you encounter Jesus, you can't help but talk about Him. Let me promise you that. You know, we see examples in the Bible like the Samaritan woman at the well in John chapter 4. An entire town got saved because of this encounter with Christ. The demoniac, remember the demoniac? When Peter casted out legions of demons, that demoniac went to ten cities, the Decapolis, and talked about the Lord. I mean, you talk about person after person that encountered the Lord. The adulterous woman, the, you know, Zacchaeus, Matthew, you know, and all the rest. When you encounter God today, let me promise you this. Your life will never be the same again. You will not only be saved. You'll not only be assured of eternal salvation. But you will have a different walk. You will have a different perspective. You will have a different mindset. Suddenly, the world may seem crumble, crumbling, but you will have peace in your heart, knowing full well that I may not know the future, but I know who holds my future. Come on now. And that's God Himself. He holds my future, stable and sure. He holds the world, He holds Russia, He holds Ukraine, He holds the Philippines. How many of you know that God will never give up on the Philippines? We have a destiny. This beloved land, we have a destiny. Last, and I'm about to close, is for Jesus. Through Jesus only, with Jesus. No other name, but also for Jesus. Guess what? What are we called? We're called believers, but aside from being believers, what are we called? Christians, right? We bear the name of Christ wherever we go. People will watch us. And the way we live our lives ought to be for Him, not just for us. The reason why God allows us to be little, Christ, little Christ, Christians means little Christ, is because we are to be witnesses. We are to be salt and light. And this is exactly what the Sanhedrin saw in verse 13a. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter, and John, Peter and John were not afraid of the rulers. They were so bold because they knew for a fact that the Holy Spirit is the one that anointed them. If I may continue in the verse that we have read earlier in, Ro in Romans chapter 10, in verse 14, it says, How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? 
And how are they to believe in him on whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Amen. When God saves us, He saves us so that He can send us. As believers of Jesus, we are saved to be sent. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Look at the person beside you. Just look at the person. Don't look at the feet, okay? Baka impolite yun. Nag-pedicure ba ako? Teka lang, makitago nga. But the Bible says, how beautiful are the feet, whether you went to the salon or not. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. You see, the story of redemption is not just about us getting saved. The desire of God is, yes, He sent Jesus to come and to seek and to save that which was lost. But it does not stop from us getting saved, but we are now being sent to a lost and dying and desperate world. Ultimately, this gospel is not just for you and for me. It's for everybody. Once again, if you go back to the exclusivity of Christianity, I bear disagree that this Christianity is exclusive. It's for everybody. And we who have seen the light, who have tasted the goodness of God and who have eaten the bread of the Word of God, not just one serving, but many servings, there are people out there who are famished, who are desperate in finding the truth of the Word of God. Are we going to go out there and share the gospel to them? Jesus came here the first time as the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. How many of you know that Jesus is coming back again one day? No longer as the Lamb of God, but as the Lion of the tribe of Judah. He will come no longer to be crucified, but He will come as a king and as a judge. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 to 10, it says, Therefore God has highly exalted Him and bestowed on Him the what? The name that is above every name. So that at the name of who? Jesus. Every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Any place you go, any part of the universe, Jesus is Lord. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. For what purpose? To the glory of God the Father. You know, we exist not so that we can just be saved by God. We exist so that we can also glorify Him. Amen. At the name of Jesus, His name is the ultimate name. He is the cornerstone his name is stable and sure. Whatever problem you may go through today, my friend, go to Jesus. He is the answer. He doesn't just provide us the answer. He is the answer. That sweet name of Jesus. His name is exalted from the beginning until the end of time. 
Only Jesus saves. Come on now. Can we just give the Lord praise? You know, as we come to an end, maybe some of you are asking, now, Pastor, how do I, how do I get saved? Three things, A, B, C. Acknowledge that you are a sinner and that you have sinned before God and that you need a Savior. Second is B, believe in the work of Jesus on the cross that He is good, He is merciful, His work is sufficient, He paid the price, He died for our sins. And nothing we can add to that. Just accept and believe. See, confess your sins and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Book of Romans says, and then we are saved. Is that it? That's it. And then we walk with Him. And then we share to others the goodness of God in our lives. And then we meet Him face to face one day and exalt His name. And shout to the highest heavens, the most beautiful, the most wonderful, sweetest name there is. Jesus. 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 Amen. Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Feel free to share this message with your friends too. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.victoryalabang.church.